Kevin's to the the internals. So yeah, like 2004 was the idea of the Red Room. Before that, um, Bucky and and Winter Soldier didn't come out until like 2005 or six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. I guess, since we're already talking about it, let's get right into it. The Begin Podcast is here with you today. Uh, I got the whole crew with me, and we talking Black Widow. Uh, it's your boy Catalyst coming with you uh, as the host of the crew, as always. Uh, and right next to me, I got... Board Winner Blurred, so pleased to be back chopping up some more great content with you guys. And then after him, I got... Yo, what up, everybody? It's the one and only Force. I am excited to delve deeper into the spider web of the MCU, the Black Widow. <laughs> and next, in his best Black Widow costume, I got... What up? It's your boy, Double Black. I'm actually rocking red, representing for the Widow. Um, glad to be back with the boys. Glad to be back with MCU. Make my Marvel for life, man. I can't wait. I'm so happy to be back in the theaters. It's a great experience. And yeah, just oh my, oh man, can't wait to chop it up with you guys for sure. Yes, yes, and my good friend at the bottom right. Yo, it's Blazer Bean, ready to talk about Loki. I mean, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> in case you might be confused, now we are talking about <laughs> Black Widow today. Uh, one of the the first MCU films to come out in quite some time, and the Begin Podcast is super excited to break it down and uh, talk to everyone about it. Uh, so, in this instance here, uh, as we always do, I'm going to kick it to the Double Blackness himself for the synopsis here. Yeah, so I'll keep trying to keep this uh, short and sweet. So basically, Black Widow is a flashback movie because, spoiler alert, Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow dies in Endgame. So if you didn't know that, go listen to our Endgame <laughs> uh, breakdown from uh, two years ago. Yep. But um, this movie takes place in between Civil War and Infinity War. So in between those two things, when the Avengers break up and you know Tony and Cap fight, uh, the Avengers kind of are a disparate group and you know the cap side of things most of those people are captured only uh captain america and romanoff get away and this is about what happens with romanoff in the in between in the meantime in between time and it kind of helps her figure out what she's going to fight for and how she's going to go forward and how she's going to patch up the avengers um and the basic synopsis is uh natasha romanoff when she was nine years old she was part of a a family of spies that infiltrated a shield base which is actually was a hydra base um and they were on a super secret mission sent by the red room 
to steal uh, uh, basically a map of the human brain, the, the, the basal ganglia, which is where uh, free will kind of lives and choices and cognition and stuff. Um, and her family's mission is successful. Her dad is played by this dude named Alexei, who's the Red Guardian, who is the Soviet Union Captain America. And her mom is played by an older widow named Melina, and she also has a younger sister named Yelena. Um, but after the mission is successful, her mother is, you know, shipped back to being a widow. Her father tries to become the Red Guardian again, and her and her sister are trained to be widows. Flash forward, she jumps ship, joins S.H.I.E.L.D., and believes she kills the man who started or is in charge of the Red Room. Um, and now she's on the run, and Yelena is now controlled by uh, the general who runs the Red Room. She breaks free, sends some vials to Scarlet or to Romanov. Romanov uh, gets targeted by the Red Room as a result of these vials that can break the free will so the widows can fight back because um, they're all under the control of this guy. And she ends up fighting Taskmaster for a little bit um, and then goes to see her sister who's hiding out in Budapest. They get hunted by widows. The widows, uh, that's when Romanov realizes the, the stint of control and that this gas is really important in terms of freeing the will. So they decide to break their fake dad out of jail because they believe he knows where the Red Room is. He doesn't, but he decides to join up with them after some very, very funny banter, some of the funniest scenes in the movie on a helicopter. Then they go to see their, their former mom who runs a pig farm, and she's actually the architect of this, like, drug. Um, and they have a great family scene at a dinner table where they break down, like, you know, their fake family dynamics. Like, if you ever watch the show Americans, it's very, like, Americans. And so it's about Russian KGB agents pretending to be Americans. But um, they were actually really formed a family and formed a bond. And Alexei loved his the girls like his own daughters, and the mom really, like, loved them too. And so there's some great acting, especially by Florence Pugh. And David Harbour in that in, in that scene, uh, and then they end up going. They the Red Room people come and capture them, and I'm going there. And spoiler alert: she kills the bad guys. Um, so she kills the general guy who leads them by breaking her nose. So she can't smell him because he has this pheromone uh, blocker thing. Like if you smell him and you have the pheromone blocker, then he you can't do any violence against him. Pimp but, juice um, is what they call yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, pimp um, juice. Yeah, exactly. As actually, Nelly no, she saying. doesn't. She doesn't kill him. Yelena kills him. Yelena blows up his ship that he's on. So Yelena actually kills him. But she saves Yelena. She jumps off the parachute, saves Yelena. Um, her mom and dad like help in bringing the place down and fighting Taskmaster. And then she's able to free Taskmaster. It turns out Taskmaster was uh, dry. Uh, they do a gender swap. Drakeoff's daughter. So when she tried to kill Drakeoff, she accidentally blew up, not accidentally, but she intentionally blew up his daughter as well. She always felt guilty about that. Thought the daughter was dead. Turns out the daughter is alive and daughter is Taskmaster, who in this movie is a person with a basically a computer chip in her head that allows her to watch and mimic anyone's fighting ability because she's basically like a living computer kind of kind of being. And double, so, double spoiler alert. She is basically yeah. the villain from Space Jam. Al G. Rhythm. That is her. <laughs> That's that fool's name in Space Jam? Yes, That's, it's terrible, that. right? Al G. Rhythm. <laughs> that is what she is, an Al G. Rhythm. So, yeah, so that's what she is. But uh, Romanoff is able to free her, and then seeing that she can bring her fake family that she actually loved and thought was real for three years back together, 
Um, she realizes that sets her on a path to be like, I can repair things with the Avengers. I can go get Steve from Wakanda, and then we can go and bust out Sam Wilson and Clint Barton and uh, the incredible shrinking dude, whatever his name is. Um, and then uh, that sets into motion what you see in Infinity War. And, you know, little Easter egg is that she, the clothing and the style that she's wearing in Infinity War is inspired by her little sister, Yelena, from this movie. And then there's a post credit scenes where if you watch Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, uh, uh, what's her name? Drew Louise Dreyfus shows up as her character, Contessa, uh, basically Madam Hydra, and she's trying Valerie, to recruit. Valentina, yeah. yeah, she's trying to recruit, like, basically the Dark Avengers, it appears. So she is recruiting... First, he recruited a uh, U.S. agent in Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, uh, and now it looks like she's recruiting uh, uh, Yelena to new, be the new Black Widow. And that's Black Widow. That's the summary. Yeah, there you go. Bam. So I'm kick it to uh, Corwinder and Force to see like if you guys have any comments, suggestions, or anything about the comic book origins of Black Widow and, and similarities or differences or all that kind of stuff. Well, Black Widow um, was originally an Iron Man villain, and from the '60s, and she True. showed. <coughs> and, oh, excuse me. She, and she showed up in um, in uh, the Nick Fury series around there too. Um, although the Contessa shows up in that series in the. Um, the Skaranko run, um, one of his most famous run. Um, now, uh, I don't know if you guys know this. Um, I don't want to be pedantic, but um, Black Black Widow spiders. The reason why they're scary is that they're to, to men, quote unquote, because what they do is they're they're deadly. Po- they're poison spiders. They're deadly, and they also kill their mates after they kill and eat their mates after they, you know, impregnate them. So, for some reason, in the sixties and seventies, people were really afraid of these spiders, like they were in in the pop culture. So, Black Widow is uh, kind of a, a term for a spy who uses their kind of femininity to get the job done. So for a long time, so she started out as kind of like, um, you know, a Russian agent trying to get a hold of the Stark technology. And, you know, Tony Stark, Tony Starkifies her and she switches sides. Um, and the character has is that been that around. Juice catalyst? That is that is also applicable for pimp juice. I'm sorry. That yes, <laughs> pimp juice applies. That is his darkness. Um, now the the the, and she goes through a few change in the 70s and 80s, in the 80s mostly. She became associated with uh, Daredevil, yep. and she became kind of like a street level kind of hero slash you know dipping into spy stuff like she'd kind of be running around with shield fighting hydra and um 
she was an Avenger during this time, and she was basically uh, kind of like enhanced human Captain America type with um, with with wristbands that had um, that could shoot things, you know, and had whatever. Um, the version that we're getting in the MCU uh, started, I think it was it was in '98 where the idea of the Red Room shows up, um, where the, the Widows get trained. And then um, in the early 2000s, in the Ed Brubaker run, I think, or was it, maybe it was Greg Rucka. I don't remember. I think it may be a little bit before Brubaker, and Brubaker drew on that. Well, it might be, I think I'm, thinking of, I'm leaving the, the creator out. But... Um, He brings the Red Room back in a different context and kind of fleshes it out. I mean, it's mentioned in the late 90s, like I was in hell. It was the Red Room. That's where I got my, you know, the kind of thing. And um, the writer in the early 2000s kind of brings us some details. So there were like 28 girls who were, bring, who were brought in and and trained to be the deadliest assassins, the, the Black Widows. And she goes on to um, play a prominent role in the return of Bucky Barnes as the Winter Soldier. And um, she gets more history there in the comics. And the last piece from the comics, probably from the later 2000s, is, is that she has a... Um, and I'm not sure if she's actually her sister in the comics. or she's somebody. Not. She's not. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's another... There's another um, Black Widow who kind of gets trained by the Russians to, to take her place. And she, that, that's the Yelena Belova character who becomes Black Widow for a, a short time at when, when Natasha's incapacitated somehow. I, I forget exactly what happens. So that's where the Belova character comes from. Um, and those are the elements of the com of of the of the comic uh content that was taken to create Natasha that we know from the MCU. So when Natasha shows up in Iron Man I think it was or was it Iron Man 2? Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. Um uh she that is that is kind of a a nod to the comics where um where Black Widow shows up in Iron Man because she's a she's a character that's introduced in Iron Man, kind of like Black Panther was introduced in, in Fantastic Four. So that's that's the that's the comics, as we got. Okay, so I guess let's just chop it up. I, I'll say everything but Taskmaster was awesome in this movie. Uh, I don't know if you guys concur. I enjoyed it. I thought it was phenomenal, so but Catalyst, let's dive into what you're thinking over here. I mean, I just, you know, I know for a fact that Taskmaster isn't a computer program. Uh, I have any issue with it being a female character. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm all about, like, the race bending and gender bending of the characters and stuff like that. Uh, I, I just felt like it was really dumbed down that it wasn't, like, an actual ability that somebody had. Uh, and that's what struck me the wrong way. 
is like you know that, that that's what's cool about Taskmaster is he has this like power essentially like that he can do that uh, instead of somebody just like writing a computer program and sticking it in your neck like you know what I'm saying I got the Johnson and Johnson I got that in my arm right now I'm I'm a superhuman. I'm, I'm immune to the Delta variant and all that shit. We're not, we're not I, <laughs> I know. That. I know. I know. I know. Look, hey, I'm sorry. I'm not spreading information, misinformation on the begin podcast. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is I, you know, I might be able to attract some metal right now. Um, so. <laughs> uh, well, one thing I can think of is that Taskmaster was a mutant in the comics. Well, so they had to kind of figure a way around that. And but in the comics, they they kind of juggle him up as well, and and I think somewhere in there, a core winder, they say that Taskmaster Tony Masters is the original Taskmaster in the six one six, which is the the Marvel universe, and I think they say that he he was an enhanced human, like he he had like a a pre super soldier serum, which is kind of what they did. They retconned that into Black Widow as well. Uh, and that's how she was able to live as long and be peak human. Right, yeah. She ages really slowly. Yeah, she's so, she's had some kind of like super soldiery stuff. And, and a lot of characters in there have been like yeah. Nick Fury, Captain America, you know, Bucky Barnes. Um, to address what Catalyst is saying, is I, I thought about this because I, I saw this movie with the fellas. It was dope. We saw it in the theater. Uh and in the movie, because I've only seen it once, they say engage the Taskmaster protocol. I don't, I don't recall anyone calling that character Taskmaster. And I was thinking about it because Tony Masters could have made a program that he could sell, because two people that could use his powers, and and that that would fit with the original Tony Masters from the MCU, is because. Uh, Where are you going? Sorry, yeah, in nine in, in the six one six, and so in the six one six, Tony Masters ends up training people, a bunch like of people, both, yeah, a whole bunch shield, of people. Both Shield, Hydra, and that's his thing. Uh, his ability is, uh, what is it? Photo reflexes, photographic reflexes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, which means yeah. that a, a villain school Taskmaster, he could he could see things and he can uh, mimic them. But he can't, like you know, like he can mimic Captain America with his shield work, but he doesn't have super strength. So he can't. Throw, yeah, yeah, he can uh, mimic Iron Fist fighting moves, but he can't summon the Iron Fist. I yes, guess. he can. He can do a Luke Cage punch, but he's not bulletproof. Uh, Nor can he hit as hard as Luke Cage. Yes. Uh, so, and I thought about it, and I, I thought the same way that they use the Mandarin as a ploy in Iron Man Three. That movie also <laughs> sucked. Well, I'm not. Listen, this is not about that. Okay. But we could talk about that. Just, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Uh, but I don't think in this movie that they refer to, like anyone else, refers to this character as Taskmaster. They just say engage the Taskmaster protocol. All right, fair enough. Is what I remember. I like where you go. And I, I don't dislike it. I, it's a very good. Yeah, I don't dislike it. And that's that's my own force theory. It it still yeah. needs room. Uh, I like it for, as a theory. Yeah, for a Taskmaster. Yeah. But even without the theory, that it's hard to introduce someone who could have uh, photographic reflexes without introducing mutants. It's it's a 
like regular people. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else got superpowers. Yeah, but no you have to, everyone who has superpowers exactly. yeah. gets it from some other source. They could fit, they look. I would rather them make up that shit than it just be <laughs> a computer program. Like, like just be like he fell in a volcano. And yeah. I don't know. Like, 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 I don't know. Like, it's just some wild shit. But, like, I don't know. Well, yeah, it, I, I mean, I'm I... kind of like six in one, half a dozen in another. Because I remember the other female led Marvel movie. And, like, the way she gets her powers is some bullshit, too. And it's not from some computer. Well, well this, is not, this is not the she female gets, lead. Like, so, like, this she, is this is gets, a super villain. But, like, you know, uh, Captain Marvel get some Tesseract juice on her. That's 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 <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. She that's how a lot of superheroes get their powers. Spider Man got bit. That's... Your devil got splashed no, in no, the no, eye. No, no, no. Like, that's not. That's not my, you're, missing, you're missing my point. My point is to say, Tony like, Yeo. Yeah, yeah. My point is. is to say, like, if you're saying that, like, you would rather them come if, to EJ, like, if you would say, or to Catalyst, sorry. If you would say you would rather them come up with something else in a computer chip, my point is they have, and it's been some bullshit. Well, no, he he <laughs> like, was saying he was saying like about the origin. Like, he was talking about the origins of the superpower specifically, and and yeah, the thing yeah. is, is you don't need the mutants as a like a, a device to introduce that with all of these other superpower beings in the MCU. You can figure out another way to say he has photographic yeah. reflexes. I'll, I'll say this though, I think I think Disney. Either you, know, I don't know. Poor OT, uh, what is it, Fag F- 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 Benley? What what was uh, his name? F- F- OT Fag Benley. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah, terrible he, name. Yeah, he, he was in the. Was in the. Um, he's the go getter guy. He's her her. Right, but he was he, he, he was in a um, Handmaid's Tale. He's like. Uh, yeah, he's he's the husband of Handmaid's Tale. Husband. He's very good. He's actually really good at that. Yeah, yeah he, he plays Luke. He's been in a bunch of stuff, but they, I gotta say that black they they did a really good job of kind of setting him up in the ads to be Taskmaster. Like, I thought it was going to be end up being Taskmaster. You know. Yeah, he's, um... So, apparently, his character is the real dude from the comics named Rick Mason. But, yeah, like, I mean, so there's, like, two parallel things that I noticed with him is that, one, he was one of the deepest fakes in the history of Marvel. Like, Kevin Feige's playing like three-dimensional chess out here. I don't know if you realize that, yeah. but like they basically set homeboy up so like you would think he was Taskmaster, um, and like but apparently he's playing this dude named Rick Mason, who was a real Shield agent who yes. specialized in uh, knocking people out, like non-lethal takedowns of people. But also he and he had a, ro- a romantic history with Romanoff, um, and in the MCU. He is a for, like he's also a former Shield agent in the MCU, um, and he becomes a private contractor after Shield fails. He's kind of like a good version of the Sharon Carter character, you know, yeah. like Sharon Carter yeah. kind of broke. She's you know she's the power broker and she broke evil. This is like saying like, what if Sharon Carter stayed a basically good person but kind of was like dealing with mercenaries, and so that's what this guy is. He's a former Shield agent 
who like you know when shield fell was just like well i'm just get, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be about the bag it's money so 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 <laughs> quick know, quick question before, before we move on quick quick question sorry to interrupt double black but this this is for the, the comic book dudes uh so this guy he's referring to what's the limitation of his knockout like is he chloroforming motherfuckers i don't is know he, anything about him like he specializes he in knocking motherfuckers like yeah like is he like like weapons that he come up with like don Lee so what he like so is he I, snapping necks because that's technically knocking the motherfucker out like what is he doing so when i did my deep dive on this because i was interested in him because he's a black dude actually and his character's black, Ooh, like, black a lot black of black dude. dudes specialize in knocking motherfuckers out so that makes exactly. sense but he but he goes back to like that's the 60s he's, he's he goes back to sergeant fury howling commando days apparently this dude this particular character and like this, the pictures, or at least the, the images I saw, a man had a bola. He walks around with the bolas, with the like, you know, the wire things, and like trips people up. Like he go, he infiltrates your office. And, like, so it's it's and, variable like, if battles. he knocks you out. Like if you hit your head, like if you fall, not like, lethal takedowns. Yeah, not yeah, just yeah. not lethal takedowns. You don't have to actually get a CTE. You don't have to yeah. knock him unconscious. Like, yeah, okay, because I'm thinking there that there was another like comic panel, like you know, strip that I watched or looked at where he slipped into this office and they needed to handprint of this dude. This is the 70s. And so he waits till the guy goes to the bathroom. He pretends to be a repairman. And then he walks up behind homeboy and just chokes him out and then, like, copies his face print, his handprint and stuff. And so, like, he just puts him in a sleeper hold. And so, so he Ving, like, ving rams yeah. them. Ving yeah, rams. because, uh, like, Fury's like, oh, we need someone to, like, you know, slip in and take these guys out undetected but don't kill anybody. They're like Mason's the man for it. So like he that was that was his job. That's what he did. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that they that they. I mean, uh, I guess my point in that is I, I hope that that he's going to have um, you know, maybe a role in the Hawkeye series or or maybe in the Cap next Captain America movie or yeah. Something. There's there's, wow, there's also I, Armor Wars and Secret Invasion. Yeah, so. or Armor Wars because they put him front and center in a lot of stuff. It's yeah. and he's you know. Why, why, why put him up there like that just to not use him? Yeah, maybe he'll maybe. come back. Um, apparently, the character Rick Mason is also in the new Spider-Man Miles Morales 2020 game. I didn't know that. The, vi- the video that. game? Yes, Rick For Mason. For PS5? I just, yes. I just 100%ed that game. I don't remember Rick Mason. Well, you should yeah. play it again. I'm not Stream doing that. It. Oh, yeah, maybe this I did This version was Finn Rick Mason's Mason. older scientist brothers. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So, I do know. Okay, I know who that is. Yeah, all right, yeah. all right, all right. So I'm just, no, no, I'm just saying. Was, I, I do. Yes, I do know who that is. He, he said, yes, I do. Finn is the it's the tinkerer. She's the main antagonist in the game other mm-hmm. than Prowler, who you think is the major antagonist. That That is true because this character, Rick Mason, in the lore is, like, related to the tinkerer. And so, so they that's... were saying they can't do that in the MCU because the Tinkerer is like him and this this guy in real life are about the same age because they did the Tinkerer in Spider Man and that's who he stuff. is in the game. So yeah, bam. Hmm. So yeah, so there you go. All right. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, I do some of that, but that was that, that was deep. Yeah, I mean, when black dudes show up, I kind of go deep. I'm like, I want to know about the brothers. <laughs> I yep. want to know about what the brothers is doing. And now, yeah. Now I gotta. I also want to ask. I felt like the movie implied that that they had history. I felt like there were scenes like there was like some chemistry in those scenes. I don't know. What, what yeah, you I I mean I don't know. This gets into one of my critiques. 
of Romanoff as a character. You know, I think ScarJo did a, you know, basically an A job for the most part. But, like, part of the problem, I think, that I have with the character is that, you know, this is throughout the whole MCU. I'm talking, like, from beginning to end. Like, she's basically only has one romantic interest and that's when Josh Whedon was in charge in in uh, the Avengers movie and like she's basically like a non-sexual for a woman who's supposed to be like using her sex appeal all the time she's Literally, like a non it's, it's yeah she's a non-sexual character for the most part and that is very much made front and center in Infinity War and in uh uh the only and, time she's sexual is Winter Soldier, and she flirts with Steve Rogers a lot, but it's mainly just to, like, throw him off, uh, you know, off his comfort zone. Well, well right. Yeah. I think, I so, think Winter Soldier is yeah. when she That's, was at her most Black Widowing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, she's doing secret stuff for Fury in that one. So yeah, so my point is that like she in Endgame, like they really just wanted to, by the time Infinity War, like, you know, definitely Infinity War and Endgame roll around, she's just, they really just making her the sister character. I mean, she's a character in her own right, but she's like her only real relationship is with Clint Barton for the most part. Like they have this whole brother sister thing, you know, they're comrades in arms and stuff like that, but she is not a sexual, like, and you know, Scarlett Johansson has talked about that, that she's proud of where the character has grown to because she felt like she was over-sexualized in the Iron Man movie and stuff, and, and you know... Well, there's, and... there's a difference between being sexualized and, and ha- I mean, all the major characters, you know, Tony Stark has a love interest, uh, Thor, ha- uh, Thor has a love interest, Spider-Man has a love interest, uh, you know, it's like... Uh, uh, Steve Rogers has a you know his whole arc is about his love interest. Yeah, you know, yeah. all these all these guys. Hawkeye, Hawkeye get, has a love interest. Hawkeye's married. You know, yeah. it's like he's so that's kind of inherent in in the character. You know, so yeah. Um, all these characters have their these relationships, except for, except for uh, you know Black Widow and and of course I mean, the Black Man. Yeah. Well, so so here's one of the things that I, I think for me was one of the best parts of the movie is how they, they took how monstrous being a Black Widow was and made a joke out of it, like in the helicopter scene when they talk about ripping out all the reproductive yeah, organs. Yep, yep. They, they actually, you know, uh, talk about this throughout Black Widow's MCU arc is how they wouldn't allow her to be a a sexual being unless it's for a purpose and like you said cord winder blurred that's the scary thing is that if someone's flirting with you not for reproduction but to kill you or to use subterfuge that's the deadliest art and so part of her character i thought is the fact that she's a beautiful woman but she's not sexualized or over sexualized she can turn it on and that's just one weapon in her arsenal and so Sure. For me, for me, that that was like they played it spot on. It's not like they changed course corrected. They made sure that that is the central tenet of her character. Yeah, I, I thought uh, that was like an overt like I message. Guess, I thought yeah. that was like what they were trying to do with the character. And, and it makes it sad. It makes it sad too because you know that's her thing. She's looking for family. She can't even create a family. 
her thing is that she's got the Avengers and she's got this fake Russian family. It's the closest thing because that has been robbed of her entire life. That is the sad, tragic part of her. Why she thought she was a monster. Like a lot of her arc is like she she puts a lot of weight on her mistakes or her inabilities. One was that she killed the daughter of this Russian guy. The other is that she can't even create. She's she's a monster. Because it's a right, woman, still, she can't still, even do that. That still bothers me a little bit. Like and only that, you know in 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 Age of Ultron, like they show her like just cold shooting a dude an armed dude in the head and yeah the fact that she can't make a baby bothers her more than that i was like man i don't know I mean, she's well, a trained because, killer. yeah she's a trained killer and again like we're we're all dudes here i can't even imagine if i had my ability to reproduce just ripped from me like it, it's it's yeah. it's it's a tough yeah position i mean to for me it's like but I think a little bit more on the like meta level in terms of intentionality when I think about these things, about what they're trying to do with the character, because all of this stuff is carefully crafted and constructed, and it's yeah. not by like happen chance, you know, it didn't, like, it didn't work out that way. So like for me, again, I look at it, you know, from the black male perspective, because that's what I am, and it's like, I think it's very carefully and crafted and constructed that none of these black guys have love interests, you know? Oh, so we're talking about black people. I well, sorry, I'm, we're talking I'm about black we're talking about black widow. I'm like let me let me finish my point. And so okay. and so for there there's one like aspect where like none of the black men have like any kind of like um uh, uh love interest. But it's also like if you watch the interviews with the director and with Scarlett Johansson herself, who's the executive producer on this movie, they mm -hmm. very much wanted to like you said, like the sexuality is like a tool in her toolbox, but she never, they never use sexuality. Like her or Elena, they never flirt with anyone. They never use their boobs. They never use like, you know, like, you know, look up my skirt. Like they never do anything to make them remotely sexual beings. And they're just like spies who are really good at fighting and subterfuge and, and all this kind of stuff. But they don't actually use that tool at all. They're like there's, a, you know, I challenge what name one scene in the movie where they're super sexy. Well, you said you guys just said that they were flirting to distract Captain America. Like I just no, heard. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about in this movie. So, so specific. In, well, in well, well, specifically in this movie. In this movie so I can talk about I can talk about the subtle stuff, like all of their you know costumes and stuff, or Titan, you know, for Band not really. But <laughs> not really. other than that, even more so. Like really. if you look at the narrative, like it doesn't fit that though. Like if you're watching the movie, it's like fine. This, it's, this. it's fine. It's fine. I'm not saying it takes away from anything in the movie, but like that, there's like no know, undercover scenes really or anything where they have yeah, to go in yeah. and yeah. So, like, like do anything for like me, that. But like that's like in the grand scheme of like who Natasha is and like who I believe Black Widow is and who this character is to me. Like she's very sexy and she uses sex appeal a lot. And she's supposed to appear very sexy. And so, like, they stripped all that away in this movie in particular. And that's fine because the movie still works and it still works very well. But it's like, it, it, it's like more like she's just a pure fighter in this movie. She's just like a pure fighting person and, and with her younger sister and with her dad and her mom and, and stuff like that. And it's fine. I still love the movie. You know, I still like really like, I've seen the movie four times in theaters. So, Clearly, I like the movie, 
Um, Which, it, I'd, so you I'd wanted say, more sexy scenes. I'd say I'd say or, I'll, I'll well, just you know, if you want to move on from the from the topic, I'll, I'll say this: the reason it stood out to me is because uh, this was like this is an homage to James Bond films. You know, it it, it it it's like Marvel's James Bond movie. I mean, even mm-hmm. I mean, once what at the beginning of the of the film when she's sitting there watching Moonraker and quoting the movie you know, quoting lines from the movie, that scene said to me, it's like, okay, this is what I'm going to get, you know, and and it delivered on all those things, except I've never seen a James Bond movie, except maybe the last... I've never seen a James Bond movie where he doesn't get, doesn't get laid. Like, and yeah. he just, that's just part of what he does. Yeah, I mean, that whole scene in the trailer is actually an homage the lethal weapon because that's the director Aaron Scott one of both of theirs like favorite movie and she's kind of like the Riggs character living in a trailer all by herself watching TV like right. that was that was like a straight homage to that that's what you know and and so um and but in lethal weapon Riggs eventually gets a girlfriend and Riggs you know hooks up with somebody eventually in the first one he's not really with anyone but in the like you know later films but yeah, I mean you're, you're... he's with somebody in the first one she, she gets killed she has, she has fridged, but yeah. yeah. Uh, that's oh, no, you're right. That's Lethal Weapon 2. That's Lethal that's, Weapon that's 2. That's the second movie. That's the second movie. So, um, yeah. so, anyway, but yeah, we can move on off the topic. It's, it's fine. I just thought it was an interesting construct because they really wanted to construct her as a non-sexual being. That, you know, for the last three or four movies, she's been completely non-sexual. She's just been a fighter and, and it's been interesting what you said about, like, because you brought up the point of her and Mason like maybe they had back history because I've always had my little fan theory of that. She had some either back history with Bucky because when he's choking her out in civil war, she's like, don't you even remember me? And at that point they've only like fought, they haven't hung out. And so I was like, when I found out that thing about they were lovers in the comics and I was like, did she hook up with Bucky at some point when she was in the red room? Like that would have been like an interesting sort of like rabbit hole to go down and then also, I always thought that because of the line Sam Wilson says when they see Bruce Banner in Infinity War, like, this is awkward, that, like, because it was just her, uh, Sam Wilson, and Cap, and Wanda, and, you know, Wanda's obviously with Vision, and Cap is never going to, like, sleep around, that she was maybe hooking up with Sam Wilson during, during their time on the run. And so, but none of that is ever explored. That's just a fan theory that I have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so. No, I, I like it. Like, like, uh, Corwin has said in the comics, uh, Natasha and Bucky do have a relationship, and I think a lot of it is based on childhood trauma. Is being trained as two child soldiers, like uh, you know, Ed Brubaker. I think it was his run, yeah, when Winter Soldier and them get together. And what Brubaker did was really like show what it would be like because in in the comics in the six one six. Bucky is much younger than Captain America. In the MCU, they're peers. Yes, yes. And so in the comics, it's a kid. He's a sidekick. And so right, right. the yep. same yes. way that Natasha is recruited as a child. And mm. Baker plays that up. And that's they're where kind of like child soldiers. Yeah, the child soldiers. And it's less about like hooking up, but understanding your trauma. And I, for me as a person, uh, especially raising two daughters, like I... I like that look to like you don't have to just be sexual to have an intimate relationship. You can yeah. have share traumas and share things 
Yeah, uh, people go like, through that. Yeah. And, and like, don't you remember? Like, I'm glad you brought that up, Double Black, because like that was yeah. a that was a good well, scene. I, think I, that's hope, what I hope they get. I hope they get together. Well, they can't because. I think that's what they're gonna do with Yelena because they're gonna. If she shows up in like Hawkeye or she's definitely gonna show up in Hawkeye. But if she shows up like in Falcon or Winter Soldier Part Two or the Next Cap or whatever, I think her and Bucky will get together on this whole like. I'm calling it now. They're both brainwashed. They're both people. That's their trauma. They've both been yes. brainwashed. You yeah, know, she'll, and she'll literally the program that created him was used to like make her. And yep. so like they will get together on that. Like, oh, we both been brainwashed. Like, you understand me? Let's like hang out for a little bit. Like, you know, kind of thing. Right. So that's my that that that's that's what I'm saying is gonna happen. Eventually, Elena and Bucky will hook up. There's a multiverse. It's hard. It's like once you throw the multiverse in there. That's crazy, oh, yeah. It's, right. uh, they're getting too far ahead. But no, no. That's going to happen. Um, yeah. But I, I, I want to talk to you one more time. Um, so I guess, but uh, I like Force's theory with the whole um, that Taskmaster just was out here selling his this program. Because I was with Catalyst. I was ready to roast this uh, like the whole Taskmaster part of this movie, like <laughs> I was not into it at all. I, this is straight bullshit, and I don't even know this motherfucker. I don't even know. <laughs> I was like, it's just to me, it was like straight character assassination. I was like, Get the fuck out yeah. of here. I was like, because it was on the same level as Silent Pool. That's what they call them. X Men War Wolverine Origins. Yep. Yep. They call yep. Them Silent Pool. <laughs> oh, you talking about the Merc with the mouth with no mouth? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of on that level. It's kind of yeah. there. That's a good call. Um, because you know, I don't know Taskmaster, but I'm assuming in the comics in the six one six in the normal comics he talks, right? You oh yeah. He do he talks he has conversations. He's mouthy. Be, yeah, yeah. If he's even as uh, you know, mouthy as Deadpool, that's impossible. Or I think I like. It. Is he like super verbose? Is he super talkative? It depends on he, he it depends like a character. Yeah, okay. it depends on who writes him. Like Gail Simone wrote a, a book. Uh, okay. Taskmaster was in. He was like super chatty. And... Okay, so yeah, so I so if that if this is the final Taskmaster, this is some character assassination. Like, this is cool. <laughs> I, I don't think so. It, it's oh, not. Is, it's yeah. not tied to the character as much as like Deadpool's chattiness is tied to the character. You know. But if but if it's like I the character doesn't talk or anything, it's just a robot. Like I'm a It's robot. definitely not that. Yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah. Exactly. I, the only thing I didn't know about him was like his power. I knew it was his power of like you know, uh, he looks at people and he copies their physical thing. Um, and I always thought that was a cool power. So I was like, okay, so that's, you know, like you said, I'm with you. Of like, if you do a, a billion other things besides a computer disc in the head. I, again, I'm, I'm sticking with my theory that like Ta Taskmaster is out here selling Taskmaster oh, protocols. I like it. Like he's it's getting cool. that money. Because, listen, I like uh, Tony Masters ain't out there just chasing down random shit for nobody. Yeah. And I, he, I, he I was going to argue that he don't know how to do that, but he probably saw somebody do it once, so I can't argue yeah. that. But And he gets the money. And <laughs> his, his whole thing is he runs a school. So imagine if you paid a shit ton of money and you got your Taskmaster protocol. You Like, 
Catalyst, you own an Oculus. I own an Oculus. You get your headset on, plug that in. But there. that don't make you a motherfucking but, superhero. No, no. But what, <laughs> but what if you on like the next level of the Oculus, like Force and Sand? What yeah. if, okay, well, so what if I'm like space jamming the server with it? Yeah. Algae rhythm? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, yeah, I know I did it once already. So, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. And as as Double Black said, Feige is playing three dimensional chess. So yeah, like I feel like it's a, yeah. it's a they they're diverting people left and right. They they right. set up this one dude to be Taskmaster. They gave you something else, but they didn't definitively say that is Taskmaster. Yeah. I have not seen someone come out and say that is the Taskmaster, unless you guys have. So I've seen it twice, and um, you know, I I can't distinctively call a scene, but I'm pretty sure Drakeoff says Taskmaster Go, but that's the same instance as calling it the Taskmaster Protocol. Right, right, right. Even if they were to call him Taskmaster, like if your theory was the real theory, which nobody knows, and who knows that? But like, I mean, that's it wouldn't matter if they called him Taskmaster or not if that was the case. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's one of the big differences and sometimes a critique of the MCU is that they don't call the characters by their comic book names. Like they just now, you know, call Wanda Maximoff Scarlet Witch yeah. like four months ago. Like how many times they mainly call her Romanoff. Most people don't say Black Widow. Uh, uh, this. Yeah, exactly. You know, most people don't say Cap. Go do this. They say Steve. Hey Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they don't say Iron Man. We need you. They say Tony Stark. Like that's just. just I, yeah. I will. I will say they do say Cap quite often, just because he's such like a an icon in the MCU. Yeah, but every yeah. other instance, you you're correct. They I, yeah. I hear Cap more than any of the other ones. Like they say Cap yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's true. They do say Cap, but they don't say Captain America. But anyway, but that's my point. Is that like so? Like I don't see her. You know, uh, what's uh, I don't see like yeah like. I, I would like them to like actually refer to the whatever this person thing was as Taskmaster, but since they didn't, it does leave room for Force's theory that like you know maybe he's out. I mean, you're doing the most because you're writing a better movie than what was there. Oh, that's <laughs> this <laughs> begin podcast. We doing the most. Like I don't know. I feel like that's, if, you, if, if you saw theory. if you saw it all in the one movie, I would say that is an amazing theory, and that shit's <laughs> fire. And then like yeah. Taskmaster comes out, and he's just that nigga. He's like, yeah, I sold that to him. I'm way better than this, and he gets the wrecking. But like I don't know. Later, I feel like yeah. It's, I mean. Listen, there, uh, here's what I think, is that Taskmaster is a C-level villain at best. Yo, when I he say that it. to people that I know, they'd be like, no, he's like one of the best. I was like, no, he is. He don't do shit. I was like, everything he mm. does, he does it lesser than whoever he tries to do it well, like. Isn't and, and he the, like a Deathstroke knockoff? Like, yo, I, no. I thought no, I thought, no. Deadpool. Uh, That's like, Deadpool, yeah. The, the C-level mm. for Taskmaster is for cash. Your man's is about dollar dollar. <laughs> no, the C level is for average, like school. And also, he is. He's like, but again, he realized, <laughs> in the six one six, he realized he couldn't be a super villain because his abilities don't allow him to do more than like a, he's not even peak human. He's just human human. Yeah, he's not even superhuman. He he's out. just. Yeah. I'm a I'm a guy. He's like, yeah. uh, and and so he's and so he found a way 
to diversify his stocks and bonds. He got the Wu-Tang financials. <laughs> he was out here and he's like, what I'm going to do is I train other people, like the, the goons, how to do it. And I also train, you know, soldiers, you know, the shield. And so I, I again, I'm sticking with my theory and uh, hopefully. It's a good theory. Yeah. They might yeah. steal it. Kevin Feige watches this, so he might steal it. So, the the yeah. task <laughs> protocol, you, you're right. I like it. All right, so should we do uh, SJs and Star Screams at yeah. this point? Go around yeah, the horn. Yeah, yeah, People, yeah. Everyone, everyone get like five minutes to talk about what they like, what they didn't like. Yeah, for sure. Um, and as we always do, uh, I'm going to keep it pretty brief at this point because we're at the, what, four or five episode mark on YouTube. So if you're not watching yet and you don't know, you should go back and check an episode if you want more detail. But here at the Begin Podcast, we believe nothing can be just good or bad. Our good, those are SJs. We call anything good SJs, and it's on a one to five scale. Uh, On the bad end of the spectrum, we have star screams, and that is also on a one to five scale. Uh, So the whole crew will go ahead and rate the movie. We'll let you know how we feel on each end of the spectrum. Uh, and yeah, get him, right. I'm, I'm gonna go first. Yeah. All right. Um, so, uh, this was a great, 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 uh, jump back into the MCU. Um, I, I guess I'm the only member of the crew who hasn't finished any of the content that's come from them on Disney plus or any of that stuff. Uh, I started, uh, Falcon and winter soldier. Uh, I tried to make it through WandaVision. It just wasn't my thing. Uh, uh, but, uh, this is the first thing from the MCU. I feel like is, is we're back right in, in, in front square. We're doing it all again. Uh, it, it feels just as magical as the first time. And I don't know if the pandemic had something to do with that or, you know, the circumstances, but I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I, I don't know if anyone agrees cause most of the people I talk to don't, but red guardian stole the show for me. Um, he was hilarious. I thought he was like the best part of the show. Uh, he reminds me of older men in my family, uh, just different culturally, uh, you know, and for it to relate so heavy, uh, from another culture. And I can see all of these like different correlations from, from my culture. Uh, I, I just found it funny and hilarious. And both times I saw it, he just absolutely stole the show for me. So Red Guardian uh, made me enjoy it the most, uh, but just in general, like it, it's it's a, a really good story. Uh, I thought the the bonding of uh, a faux family, uh, as Force kind of uh, was talking about earlier, uh, and and Black Widow's kind of dilemma between is that really her family or is the Avengers who you know hasn't been the most accepting? Like, is that really her family? you know, as well. I, I thought that dilemma was, was great. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it was just a good movie. Um, so, uh, I guess, uh, long story long, uh, I am going to say I'll give it four and a half SJs. Uh, I thought it was really enjoyable. Um, uh, the, the half SJs cause I can't make it perfect cause of Taskmaster. Um, and, uh, I'm going to give it two star screams because of Taskmaster, regardless of forces theory. I need to see my man come through and be like, I coded the shit out of this 
and I like I've been selling them all over the place. Like, uh-huh. like I need to see Taskmaster Stormtroopers, and he come through just balling on everybody. Oh, yeah. story, like, it, and then I'll be like, Forrest, you got it." But I, I, I can't get with the depiction I saw in that movie. It was so hollow, so like you know, like it, it could have been replaced with any other you know C level villain without as much charisma, and I think that's the key. It's it's like, bring Bad Rock back. Bat Rock, like Bat, I, I, yo, I'm glad you said, <laughs> I'm glad you said that, because I said, yo, I said, because it could have been Bat Rock, I said that to a friend of mine, so, yeah, oh, yeah, but, like, either way, that, like, that's how I feel, so, uh, I'm gonna go four and a half SJs, uh, two star scrapes. Damn. Well, I, I enjoyed this movie as well, maybe not quite that as much, but I really did like it, um, I love the the homage to all the old action spy movies, <clears throat> down to the um, the the parachuteless jump out of the floating fortress. Yeah, um, I really liked Florence Pugh's character uh, Elena and their relationship, and all the little Easter eggs too, like um, how she and Elena had like kind of like a more superhero-y uniform, but the other widows had like the classic Black Widow kind of mm-hmm. wrist blaster catsuit situation going on. Um, I, I guess if I had um, if I had any any critique about it um I'd say that uh, you know the, the the timing was a little off, kind of like you know, like Red Guardian's a communist in the in the in the nineties. I'm like, what's what's going on here? <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that was a lot. I was like, like, damn man, he's just still still true believe. No wonder they put your ass in jail. <laughs> um, um, so that seemed like a, a little off um i would have i would have liked if they had let red guardian kind of do something aside from me the butt of a joke for for a little bit yeah i was entertained by it but i, I wish he could have shown that he had some competency he distracted yeah. the shit out of taskmaster fair enough he shot uh, all those dudes in the beginning he did uh he cracked shot um <laughs> i'm, I'm I'm okay with 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 Taskmaster. Um, the the, the um, I feel like if there was a weakness in this movie, it's that the villain didn't pop. Like the, I feel like the best Marvel movies have memorable villains, um, and I'll put uh, you know Killmonger as like the 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 top one. You know, um, you know uh, the Ironmonger and Iron Man, Loki and Thor, uh, you know Red Skull or or uh, Winter Soldier and Captain America. Um, and if you look at some of the movies that I thought were weaker, um, you know Ant Man. Um, 
I knew you was gonna say that. It makes me feel so sad. <laughs> it's uh, um, I I didn't care for Captain Marvel as much for the for for a similar reason that that the the villains' motivations and like why they were doing what they're doing didn't didn't really make any sense. And I guess if if you're gonna do if you're gonna do a Bond kind of homage. One thing Bond movies have are famous for is having a villain that that pop like the whole the idea of a Bond villain became a thing because those villains are so iconic. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, yeah. Doctor No and you know, all, all those Goldfinger. Yeah, Goldfinger. Yeah. All those all those characters. So um, I'm gonna give it um, I'm gonna give it uh, four SJs. It was just really solid uh, action. Uh, spy movie. I, I enjoy the hell out of it. Um, great fight scenes and the character building moments too. Between I, you could tell that everybody in this movie was having a really good time filming it. And um, I'm gonna give it two star screams for the reasons that I that I described. Sorry, that's dope. Uh, I want to piggyback off what you said, Cordwinder, in that. I do agree. The, the villains were kind of mediocre, but I feel like they were shoehorned in. Like, it's hard to get a, a memorable villain in a movie that's wedged between classic MCU moments. If that makes sense. Now, if I'm not mistaken as well, uh, I saw a bunch of, like, footage and content that didn't make the film that looked like a different style of Taskmaster and, like, all this other stuff before. Uh, and I think the pandemic might have had something to do with them changing some of that at, like, the last minute and going into it that way, too, which might attribute to that. I think the big the big villain is the, the Russian dude. Yeah, Drakeoff. Right? Drakeoff, yeah. Yeah, with the young... The soldier boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Draco. But yes. That okay. Same same difference. In a freaking floating city. That that's not a Bond fucking villain. I don't yeah. know what it is. Which was dope. Mm -hmm. I, I think um you know, for me, like like you said, Catalyst, uh I think a lot of this would have hit different pre pandemic. I have to first off give props to Marvel for switching up their whole game. You know, they, they switched the release of uh, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier because of the pandemic. You know, they kept pushing this movie back as well. Uh, so salute to them because they, they they still kept the energy going. Um, but it did, it, it, it would have hit different for me. Um, also piggybacking off of Cordwinder, I think the little touches were great. They had some great references to Winter Guard members like Ursa Major, uh, Dark Star. Yeah, Dark Star. Like uh, so, those like Crimson Dynamo. There's like a joke Crimson yeah. Dynamo referenced. Uh, you know, if you don't know Crimson Dynamo, is like the Russian Iron Man. Just like little little things like that always get me. I'm a I'm a I'm a sucker for that stuff. Um, the as Double Black said, that end scene with Valentina was dope. It like weaved in more into the lore, the the whole fact that uh Black Widow was wearing her sister's vest during Endgame. Like that's like 
it's got all the pockets, man. Yeah, you can hide so much stuff in it. Like, you got the pockets me. guy. I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, and then the yeah, hair flip jokes. Know. The hair flip jokes. They, those are good throughout the whole movie. Yeah. It's like you always do this. <laughs> um, so yeah. So anyhow, I'm gonna give it four and a half. Uh, SJ's. I thought it was a well executed action movie. It was up there. Like I, I think the for me, Winter Soldier is the their best spy movie from the MCU. And yeah, yeah, I think Winter Soldier is their best spy movie. Um, and so it was nestled in there. It had like some spy stuff. It had like some good family things. Uh, and I also like that the changes they made to the six one six stuff felt good. Like. I like Yelena Belova as a Natasha Romanoff's faux sister. It's better than her being a rival. I think it's a great lead to her. And I, I rarely say the changes to the hardcore comics are better. And I think that was just, it's just a good move. Uh, it fleshed out some of Black Widow's story because even when we were prepping for this, like, I feel like a lot of her story has been retconned over the last few years. Like she's True. a character who was there, and and so salutes to that. So that's I give it four and a half. Um, I, I'm gonna give it one and a half star screams, mostly because I wanted more. I, I think I was talking to a laser beam about like I, I about that. Like I I felt like I could once things got going, when the family got back together, I wanted to see more of them in action. And I didn't get to see that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's that's where my one and a half comes from. Uh, again, you guys know how I feel about Taskmaster. I can handle it. Taskmaster for me is a take it or leave it. It's a C-list villain that I don't have. Like, I'm, I, you know, see me at Magneto. Like, when we, when we start talking about real villains, I'll be up there caping for him. But for Taskmaster, I'm not. Uh, okay. <laughs> All villains matter. Yeah, I guess so. So, I <laughs> um, so that that's where I am. Like four and a half at, uh, SJs and one and a half Star Screams. All right, I'll jump in next. Um, yeah, uh, the sentiment is similar. I, I really, like I said, I've seen this movie four times in theaters, and I really enjoyed it. It's a good movie. I've taken three different friends to see it because they all like are like, I want to go back to the movies. I want to see MCU, and you're you love the MCU. Like clearly, I love Black Widow. Like again, represent, represent. And so, um, I I've you know like I posted on our Facebook follow us begin podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Like I posted there. Like I've been waiting like two years to see this movie because I was in the Hall H. It's the last time I was at Comic Con when they revealed the footage. It was, this was like because everything else they were talking about they hadn't shot anything. The Eternals and blade and uh thor rag thor love and thunder uh and the next black black panther they were just all conceptual the only thing they had actual footage of was this and so i remember seeing that fighting with taskmaster on the bridge i was like yo this is gonna be dope and stuff and so um i'm and i'm glad it, it delivered i mean delivered in a way that i thought was a little different than what i was expecting but it still delivered in a lot of ways um i would say the number one thing i liked about this movie is that it had a lot of heart and it had, you know, it's it's right up there with Guardians as like the Marvel movie that has the most heart and makes the most heartfelt stuff with the the family. Like, you know, I love how her family came back together. That whole scene at dinner, 
and like you know when they're telling her not to slouch and she's yelling yeah. at everybody and her little sister's like i didn't even say anything it's, it's just such true family dynamics and stuff like that of just you know the dad you know telling dad stories to try and cheer his daughter up like, yeah. <laughs> you know he's doing the most i was like this guy's really and david harbour nailed it like like catalyst right. said like he really stole the show. I wish he in to Corwin's part. I wish he was more than a butt of a joke. Which actually had to fight something, do something, uh, because he was he was such a great, great character. And for me, it's a redemption of David Harbour because uh, Hellboy was such a flop. Um, and I think he's a great actor, especially in these like fantastic spaces of you know Marvel movies and things like that. So I was really happy to see that, like you know, that his hopefully his character will live to fight another day, and we'll see the Red Guardian actually do some stuff uh heading forward um but yeah like florence Pugh, she just really stole the show for me like every scene she was in i was just like that's my new boo like that's that's it like i'm it's, it's over um uh, which is you know if you follow the podcast i was very upset with her character in midsummer so it just proves how good of an actress she is i can like literally hate her character in one movie and then completely like you know just head over heels and so like everything she was about like being the like ratty little sister but at the same time like, you know, being someone who just had free will for the first time, it was like, I'm proud of this vest I bought. Like, check out these pockets, yo. <laughs> like, you know, and then you see, like, she's like, like, I, I, when I remember when I saw a movie with my girlfriend, she was like, this, no, she has free will now, right? And when she goes to visit Grace, like, that's the clothes she chose to wear. I was like, yeah, it's the first time she gets to buy clothes. She's like, she has no sense of style. Like, the clothes she's wearing are very, like, out there. And so, um, like that just all that like made me laugh and stuff uh the one problem i did the main the main problem i do have is the the weak villains like taskmaster was really weak um and i felt like uh uh i can't remember this guy's name draco Drakoff. 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 he's so one-dimensional that's my main problem with him he's like he's like the harvey weinstein of the mcu like he's just like <laughs> i abuse little girls and like you, like you were saying, like in the pantheon of villains, like you're going up against like, you're going up against Killmonger, you're going up against Thanos, you're going up against like Loki, you're going up against like hella like people who are like you know even Ronan, like they had purpose, they have reasons why they were doing things. Like he's just like I abuse little girls, it's, you know. I'm just like oh my god, like this guy's doing a bad Russian Harvey Weinstein, like get the fuck out of here. And so like I just didn't understand him, and then. My problem with Taskmaster is it's it's less has to do with like how they did the powers of the characters just and I blame this mainly on COVID because and I talked to Laserbeam a little bit about this, but this movie, because it was pushed back three times, it was May and then it was November, then it was May again, now it's July. Like they had to run like four or five ad campaigns for this fucking movie. So they were showing they had to create like five or six trailers for this movie. And eventually you just run out of footage and I feel like I saw I mean basically Taskmaster the cool thing that he does is that he does the fights of everyone else. He picks up a shield like Cap. He shoots a bow like Hawkeye. He does claws oh. like Black Panther. And I saw all of that in the trailer. And so I'm just like, there was no new task. There was nothing that wowed me. I saw him stick his knife and like surf down the glass in the trailer and stuff. And like, as much as I try and avoid trailers, I only really watched the first two trailers. I knew this was going to happen. But like the way these ad campaigns are just so intrusive in your life, I load up YouTube and it just starts playing as an ad. And it's just like, here's Taskmaster with the claws. I was like, I guess he's going like two weeks before the movie. I was like, I guess he's going to do some Black Panther shit. <laughs> you know? So the surprise is all gone. And I just kind of blame that on COVID of like them having to run so many marketing yeah. campaigns to try and get people back. So that, that just made him kind of weak or her kind of weak to me. 
Um, and so, uh, I don't mind that it was like a man in the suit and like all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, other people can talk about that if they want, but, uh, just, they were just weak and you got to have strong villains. Uh, and so for me, yeah, Florence Pugh was great as Yelena. I'm just trying to write down everything. Um, and the one thing I would have changed is like if Taskmaster had actually been a teacher, like to like what you guys are saying, cause like, I'm like laser, I don't know shit about Taskmaster. I played him once in a Marvel Capcom game. I was like, he's the guy who has everyone else's powers. Then I played him. I was like, he's not actually that good. <laughs> so, oh, he was a I, beast in Marvel vs. Capcom Three. Um, I don't know which one I played him in, but that's the I, only I, one I he was in. Oh, okay. So I ended up like thinking in my own retcon, in my own headcanon, that he should have been a teacher, and like he was like, and like they had this whole like teacher-student like pupil thing. Like you were my best pupil. You ran away. Like you know, yeah. kind of thing. And because yeah. I thought that's where they were gonna go with it, and if they'd been more in line with what you guys were saying about how he trains people, like that could have been a thing. And she's always afraid of him because she, she can never beat him and stuff, you know, kind of like Ra's al Ghul with Batman and like, like more like that, you know, like be aware of your surroundings and like anticipate your enemy and always be prepared. Like some kind of angle like that with Taskmaster, but turn them in into just like a Terminator, just voiceless. Cause you know, it's hard enough when you're wearing a mask to emote like but they proved you could do that with the Mandalorian. But with no voice at all, then you're just yeah. basically like the Terminator. So there's no, there's nothing to interact with there and stuff. So um, I will say for me, I you know our Monday morning Monday morning quarterbacking this. I think one of this movie has identified one of Kevin Feige's greatest mistakes of all time. Is I would say this they should have put money and made this movie before Captain Marvel. I think. You know, and the whole like female lad thing. I think this movie should have came out where Captain Marvel came out in between Infinity War and Endgame, because it would have made Natasha's sacrifice in Endgame that more poignant and that more like uh, uh, like poignant for people, um, yeah. because her sacrifice and what she does in Endgame is way more important than anything Captain Marvel fucking does in Endgame. <laughs> you know, um, and so I. I, you know, they spent a lot of money and put a lot of hype to get that Captain Marvel movie out there. And it's like, you know, in the bottom quarter of people's MCU movies, it's pretty forgettable. Most people don't like it. Um, and it adds nothing to the character because they, they, they shave down the character's role. Like she's in that movie for like a total of like 14 minutes. You know, and that movie's almost three hours that, or something like that. If that. <laughs> if that. Whereas like, yeah. you know, Romanoff, Natasha, she is literally giving her life so they can get the fucking soul stone. And I, so, like, if this movie had wow. came out, like, it would have just, like, made her. So, for me, I'm just Monday morning cornerback and Kevin Feige. I was like, this guy mainly hits grand slams. But I was like, ah, this is kind of like a foul ball. You messed that up, bro. You should have done that. You should have you should have put money on this and made this first. And put and Captain Marvel should have came out, like, now. And, and this is what I would say. I would be okay with that. That's, yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a good Monday morning quarterback. And that's a good one. Uh, so, although although I do realize why Feige did it because uh, I don't think people would have been super interested in Captain Marvel if not for the fact that she was hyped to be in the Avengers movies. Yeah, I mean, she literally came out between the two biggest movies in the franchise. Yeah, yeah. like, like they, they a bil- that movie that. made a billion dollars, but I don't think it's a billion dollar movie. Yes, um, you know, adjusting for COVID and all this kind of stuff, I pound for pound, Black Widow's a better movie than Captain Marvel. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I agree with that. Yeah, and so, um, I would give so stars, SJs, and Starscream. So, 
Uh, I'm gonna give it four SJs. I'm taking one off because Task. I'm taking a half because Drakeoff and Taskmaster sucked. But I'm giving them a half point back because they mainly suck because of COVID. Like at least Taskmaster, in my opinion, because it's just like so they kind of get a point back. But I'm gonna take another half point out because it wasn't sexy enough. It just was not. I, this movie was not sexy at all. <laughs> they were just fighters. Like they were not. To me, if you look at modern day sexy, you gotta like look at Cardi B or Meg Thee Stallion. That's modern day sexy, and they were not doing that. <laughs> so they were doing something else, and they were just fighters in this movie, which is fine. And so I, so it's four. It we're sits at a four. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't know where they would have fit twerking on the gram in this movie if Cardi B <laughs> they, is the. <laughs> just like where where does that? That's fit? the ult, That's the ultimate girl power, right? Is oh. that for like wet wet ass Prussians? <laughs> exactly. They could have done it. They like... could have done it. Yeah, you know, talking about. I mean, because they made the point like, you're. I'm not the assassin that little girls look up to in a magazine. Where else? Who, who else are little girls looking up to besides Cardi B? I don't Sad. know. I just didn't know that you were allowed <laughs> as a widow to have a TikTok. So I just yeah. didn't know these bitches was out there I'm like sure that. I'm a couple sorry. widows got TikTok. As soon as they got free, they were like, I can have a TikTok? Yo. They don't have, no. They took all their reproductive organs. They ain't got no TikTok. What are you talking about? You don't need reproductive organs to shake To them. have a TikTok. It's on the questionnaire. You ain't never fill out a TikTok account. It says that. Do you have reproductive organs? Yep. And then it, it, it reroutes you like a porn website. Well, actually, you're right. So fuck TikTok. They can just get on OnlyFans. Just cut straight to the chase. I pay $6 sure for that. Several, I'm sure several of those women who were widows have OnlyFans pages. I'm willing to bet money that at least two to three of those girls who were the widows who were beating her ass at the end have OnlyFans pages. Those are facts. <laughs> so, um, and then I'll give it uh, two SJs uh, because it was just... Starscreams. Starscreams. I give it two star. So four SJs and two Starscreams for the reasons I've said. Like, not sexy enough. Kind of, you know, the villains were really, really flat in my opinion. But the movie had so much heart. That's and that's the, every time I look at it, that scene where you know Yelena says like, "Please don't say that it wasn't real. It was real to me." And like, I'm like crying, like, "Oh, baby girl, fuck this! Is, you got me yeah. in the feels." That's not every sexy time. enough, though. She wasn't crying sexy though. That's not. No. It wasn't very sexy. Yeah. It just well, wasn't sexy I don't enough. like. I don't like sexy crying. Sexy crying. <laughs> She like said, you cry when, in one scene, when, sexy when you another. cry, it's not sexy. Yeah, <laughs> what kind of weird shit you trying? You want a sexy cry? That's weird he as fuck. Said, I'm said, not down for that. You said, I feel like Harvey Weinstein. It's enough of that <laughs> exactly. in this movie. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, but that's me. Four, four SJs, two star screams. That's your boy Double Black. We out. All right. Let's get into. Uh, let's hit it. All right. Hit him, um, laser beam. Was directed by Kate Shortland. She's from Australia, and this is her first big movie, obviously. Uh, she's the movie that met to, like, Super Stardom. Kept Fighting Dies was a movie called, uh, the Berlin, uh, experiment. Berlin Syndrome, yeah. Berlin Syndrome, there you go. I knew you. Uh, and so, uh, I think she's really good at directing actors, and that shows in the show. Uh, I think the action was picked by numbers. I think it was pretty standard action stuff. Uh, it was like, been kind of sad, but I'll tell you my own way that none of the action uh, nothing wowed me. It was serviceable action, and so therefore it was it's so it's okay, but nothing nothing like wowed me. Especially, especially seeing the the action based villain Taskmaster, uh, uh, and, and mainly because it's a uh, Simon. 
robot that just kicks and punches like you know it's a kind of real personality that just glues something um, but uh but the acting was real good with the uh, actors and especially this guy the dynamic scene with uh, and especially Florence Pugh and David Harbour like a lot of people have said uh, I agree with Claire Winder I wish David Harbour was you know was more than just the butt of the joke like Bill uh, Black and Claire Winder said uh, if he had done something, he could have been all that funny stuff too. Like just uh, something a little more confident, uh, would have been great. Um, but I, I liked everybody of uh, the four people of the family, Rachel Weisz and all that. I did really like that this film was an allegory for girls being kidnapped and for essentially white slavery. Um, I liked that that, that message was really blown out. That clearly was a big part of Kate Carlin's uh, agenda. Of like uh, of that problem in the world, and essentially, and they just tied it into a superhero thing, and essentially that's what the Black Widows are. They're like victims of of being you know abused, brainwashed, manipulated, and so and the, therefore the uh, yeah the villain Drakov is an allegory for essentially he's a pimp, you know, and that's why I think he doesn't work. To get to your point, Cory Winner, I think why he doesn't work as a Bond villain is because he's just a pimp. Like, you know, like <laughs> he just wants, he's a pimp who's built a sky spaceship and he just wants to hide up in space. And like, she, like, Black Widow, like, brings that out. She, like, calls him out on it. She's like, What are you? He's like, I control the world. She's like, Dude, I just sit up here in the clouds. Just like, yeah, it, it, it's, you, you'd think, you'd think he had a, he'd have a stronger pimp head. He had to pimp juice though. So sometimes like your hand doesn't need to be that strong when your juice is thick. So I I just I think you're missing the juice. That's all I'm saying. For whatever it's worth, I actually like the smell. You can't smack me because it smells me. That works for me and then like just breaks your nose to stop it. Works for me too. Some people complain like that doesn't really make like, shut up. It's Infinity Stone. You well, to the end of the line, Yelena. Yeah, I'm with you to the end of the line, <laughs> Yelena. <laughs> I like how every you guys just have the hand motions. Like I didn't, I didn't, get, I didn't get one. You had to put them up. He had this one. 
I got. Yeah, do that one. And, uh, <laughs> this is for pimp juice. This one is, <laughs> is getting sprinkled on. There's pimp juice on it. Shit. Oh man. Oh, I was playing out the thing. Uh, so, um, uh, ah, I forgot it. It doesn't matter. It's all good. So, um, overall, uh, uh, Force did change my he changed a huge part of my mind with uh, salvaging Taskmaster a little bit. Like, it's uh, Force's theory is correct. Um, and I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that in my head for now. Say, there's a real punishment out there. Like the real Mandarin. Like <laughs> protocol. Yeah. They just hanging out together. They just like we in yeah. real villain land. You will see me Shang Chi. Like that's yeah. like, that's where the abomination. Actually, that's a good point because one of the few times. I'm sorry to interrupt, but one of the few times at Comic-Con where uh, Force pointed out something, I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, that dude is Taskmaster, but you, but you were like, he's the white alternate costume Taskmaster. Yeah. And I was like, yo, and we took some dope pictures with that guy, and I'm like, maybe the, it'll be the different, because I was like, this guy ordered a new uniform? And I was like, yes, he does. And I've seen it in real life. Yeah. Um, so, that, that, that's my thing. Um, uh, I was kind of bothered that the guy who is Tasman is an actual man in a suit. Um, so all the scenes with that are actually action and stuff. If there's an actual stunt man in the suit, it's not that actress who's revealed. Uh, that's the actual uh, stunt man. And so that's like that's like back in the like me and uh, Double Black were talking about that. That's like the old school days of like when you have a female character, but then, like, their stunts are done by a guy in a wig, you know. You're like, you're still having a man in a wig, and he's got his mush, and then he, like, jumps over the car. <laughs> We're like, that's a dude. But, <laughs> like, if this is, you know, supposed to be a woman character, you should have a woman, you know, in the suit. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, female stunt workers need work, too. Yeah. True. Uh, oh, oh, last, last, last thing. Here's the last final cut. Uh, in the, and I rewatched in the movie The Avengers when Loki is talking to Black Widow and she's tricking him to give up the information. Uh, he's like, "You killed Drakeoff's daughter," and and he says that like and all these other things because he's like Barton told me I made Barton tell me all this stuff. So that's something you know. Like, yeah, um, it, it it ties together. Yeah, and she also but, says thank you for your cooperation at that point too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, Feige's playing three-dimensional chess. I don't know what the rest of y'all out here doing, but that man is playing three. He's tying all the ends. It all makes sense. When we watch, when we talk about Loki, it's going. To, it's, it's even deep. It's like four-dimensional chess at this it's, point. It's, it's storytelling like, over a broad plat, especially comic book style storytelling in movies, and I think it's pretty incredible. Cool. In movie so, and TV. Yeah. Uh, so I would just give it a three and a half SJs and three star screens. Ooh. So it's close. Yeah. Close. So it's close, but yeah, I give it more like. All right. All right. 
Gas so, yeah, Gas Face, uh, let us know what you think in the comments, like, subscribe, uh, send us a message, all our information is out there, as you can see, we're on YouTube now, uh, we're also on all of our old uh, audio formats and platforms, so please listen, like, subscribe, let us know how you feel, begin podcast, out. Deuces. <laughs>